Well, Jackie, hello. Hello, John. It's good to have a chance to have a chat. Thank you. And um, I think so often we're kind of rushing in and out of church or whatever, and we never get time to stop and talk. So mm. just you and me and oh, a few wow. million people if That's they're watching right. somewhere. So That's good. It's good, good to hear. It's my time to shine. It's your time to shine. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Jackie, you, you've been part of this church for such a long time now. Yeah. Um, tell us about what the child Jackie was like. The child Jackie was angelic. Angelic. So I'm told. No, really. No, I came to church when I... I came over here from the States when I was three. Um, so I've been coming to the church for many, many a year now. Mm. Mm. Um, so when you were... As, as, a, as a child, were you... Happy, outgoing child, do you think? I think I was always a very kind of nervous child. Um, I always packed that plasters, bare socks, just to take, just in case you fell over or something. Yeah, I was always always the one who kept the medicine cabinet um, well stocked. Um, do you think that was the inner nurse in you? Could well have been, yeah. Yeah. I think because I was an only child, I didn't really... Um, go out very much. Mm. If I went to the park, it was when Mum and I went out somewhere on the mm. way home from the park. Um, but I think, as a child, I think I was quite an outgoing kid. Mm -hmm. Always chit-chatting to anybody and everybody. Smiling, laughing, joking. Yeah. Always told off at school for talking too much. That was one of my greatest things in my report. She talks too much. <laughs> and I still do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... You, you obviously, one of the big things with you is, is your career in nursing. Oh, yes. Tell us about how you ended up going into nursing. Um, well, when I was 17, I felt quite seriously ill. Um, in a coma for six weeks, I was. When I came with that, I had to learn to read, write, walk and talk all over again. Um, and then from there, I progressed into, I think I worked... Um, I did many different jobs, but finally, I think my final, my second, my third time in hospital, I decided that to give back to what the nurses give me. So I decided to go into nursing, um, which was a great thing. I It wasn't just a job, it was a passion, it mm. was a love. I went to work for fun. Mm. I enjoyed my job so much. Um, it, it was hard. But I still loved it. Um, mm. And may I tell about an experience I had? Mm. I was in the car with Lauren. I just dropped Alex in nursery. And it's around about Christmas time. Because remember, we listened to Christmas tunes. All of a sudden, I heard this man's voice. And I'm thinking, what? And it was a soft, gentle voice. And it still gives me goosebumps to talk about it today. And it was, the voice was telling me, I had to make you ill so you could realise your potential mm. to care for people. And I'm like, I, I remember telling, turning around to her and saying, oh, did you hear that? She, of course. I think she was about six at the time. No. Mm. But that still gives me chills down my still spine. speaks to you and reminds yeah. you of it. Yeah. Of a sense of calling. Oh, most definitely. I mean, yeah. and you can imagine um, through my illness, 
I worked 19 years as a nurse. Mm. I did, I started off in endoscopy um, and then worked on an adult unit. And then finally, after I had Lauren, um, in 2003, went to the stroke unit. Mm. <gasps> wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I love my stroke patients. Mm. Brilliant, yeah. And then unfortunately, I had to medically retire. Mm. Which... So let's keep let's keep with your nursing for mm -hmm. a little while before before we talk about your illness. Yes. Um, but uh, as a nurse, I mean, it, it is. I guess it's it's one of the jobs that people always talk about it being a vocation. Mm -hmm. um, how did you how did you feel as a Christian that you were called to kind of how how did nursing affect you as a Christian? I think it made me um, care for all people, no matter what um, their religion was. Mm -hmm. um, just, just appreciate them for what they were. I mean, I've worked with many, many student nurses, and I'm thinking, where is your empathy there? I think you either have empathy. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't produce empathy. You have to be born with empathy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was. Um, I speak to people on my religion. I never hid my religion. Mm. I was often told off for wearing my cross, which you're not allowed as the nurse to wear any kind of jewellery. But mm. I always try to keep my cross underneath my uniform that I wouldn't take off. And I had a little um, hand cross in my my pocket mm. and I had a cross under my lapel. Shh, that's a big secret. <laughs> but, <laughs> I um, won't tell if you <laughs> But um, I... Yeah. I mean, we had... A couple of patients that I would ask for, um, did I know any Christian radio stations? To be truthful, I really didn't know much Christian mm. radio stations at the time. And I would ask my friend, and he would find one for them. Um, but I would sit and have conversations about God. And also, I'd ask them, you know, they'd ask to pray for me. I said, would you like me to really to pray for you? Because as a nurse, you're not really supposed to mm. do that. Mm. So it was kind of... It wasn't a secret that I was a Christian. No, everybody knew my faith was very strong. Mm. But I'd say I prayed with them if I was washing them or if I was just sitting there and feeding them. I would talk to them about God. You know, lots of different questions come up, of course. Mm. But um, I think my faith helped me through a lot of hard situations that I witnessed, especially patients dying, mm. you know, because my passion was palliative care. Mm. I love palliative care. I actually um, took a course in palliative care. And my whole thing was on spirituality. Mm -hmm. In helping the family come to terms with the patient dying. Mm. And also, um, like if they were, for example, Sikh, Muslim, Christian, I would always find either imam or some spiritual leader to come and sit with them and pray with them. And that was my kind of thing. But mm. spirituality was my was my whole um, feature of my palliative care. Yeah. That's, that's, that's um, interesting. And, and um, do you think that end-of-life care like that mm. is it's important that people have time to reflect but more to the point are they 
Do you think people do want to find out more about God or whatever it is as they're approaching the end? Or do you think people are fixed in their ways and their views from your experience? It's a bit of half and half. Some are very fixed in their views, mm. but also some really want you sometimes sit and read the Bible with them. Mm. You know, but it didn't happen very often. But there was a few mm. that would ask you to read a passage from the Bible. But they all welcomed a religious leader to come and visit mm. them, you know. And it wasn't it. See, spirituality just is not talking about the spirit. It's talking about the whole, the whole, the whole realm of your body. Mm. You know, caring for the patient. Not only that, it's caring for the relative, making sure they are happy, mm. especially the patients comfortable. That was my main thing. Mm. You know, and most people think end of life care very sad, but mm. it's not. You can have a good death. Mm. You, you know, as long as you're pain free. And your family are happening around you. Mm. You can have a good death. Mm. I know not that many people like to speak about dying, but my children have always um, been taught about death from a very young age. Mm. That's why I always like keeping animals. Hamsters die. You tell them why they're dying because they they're they're now going being caught home. And mm. um, fish die. Mm. My fish die quite a lot actually. Yeah. I don't think I was a very good fish keeper. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. My mum, my mum was once sent out. I only learned this after she died, actually, mm. that the the goldfish had died, and she was too frightened to tell me. So she went out to the shop and she asked for um, that one, and she was very specific <laughs> about the one. And I was fooled entirely. I didn't know the oh. history. Maybe I'd have coped better if I'd have known. Mm. That it See, that's died. the thing. You're very right, John. A lot of parents are very scared of. For example, your fish dying, they're very scared of involving children in in um, dying. Mm. They don't like to discuss it, but I say I've always discussed dying with the kids. Mm. One of my and the kids know this. When I'm dying, I've asked for two chocolate buns to be placed in my mouth. Mm -hmm. I love chocolate buns, so I thought, well, do I have a taste of chocolate in my mouth? Okay. Mm. Okay, well, bear that in mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't forget, please. <laughs> I'll try not to forget, yeah. Chocolate buttons. Yes, on only two, yes. Just two. You don't yes. want to be greedy. No, just you two. You don't want to be I don't greedy. want to choke to death. No, no, no I suppose not really. No, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. So, coming back to, to church and, and faith, mm -hmm. where is it? How did you find your own personal faith? I think my journey started... Um, the second time was in the hospital that I can remember and um, was at Queen Square and they had a chapel for us like most hospitals do but I can remember once I was allowed to wander the halls as such mm. I used to go to the chapel for us and they had beautiful stained glass windows mm -hmm. and I can remember looking at them and thinking wow these are absolutely beautiful but then after that I got better and then kind of life overtook my journey. Mm. And when I finally came back to faith, again, I was off ill from work. 2013, mm -hmm. Reverend Emma, mm -hmm. she had a, um, a Lent session at her home mm -hmm. and I was gone along with mum there. And 
I found myself hungry, thirsting, mm-hmm. wanting just to devour the Bible and know mm-hmm. everything I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I was still on that faith journey, of course. But, um, yes, that was when my faith really took hold. Yeah, mm. really took hold then. Mm. And then, of course, you've, you, you, you have a very serious illness. Mm. Um, tell us about that and how that affects you day to day, just physically as much as anything. Okay, well, you guys might not know, but I have MS, multiple sclerosis, which is um, an illness that can never, ever be cured. And it's, it deteriorates over time. It gets worse over time. Um, It's affected me in so many ways. Um, I used to ride my bike. Can't ride that anymore because I haven't got the power to push the pedals with my left leg. Um, I have to walk now with a frame because I'm unbalanced to walk. Um, Washing my hair can be a chore sometimes. Cooking can be a chore. Lifting up the heavy pots of water with the potatoes in it to pour. So I've always got to make sure somebody's in the house. I can't walk out into the garden on my own. Mm. I have to have somebody there with me. In case I fall over. So it's re- and emotionally, I think the emotions are one of the worst things. Mm. Um, I've always been an emotional person, but MS makes it a thousand times worse. But, you know, I try and get on and do things as best as possible. Um, one of the things that always, always strikes me and has struck me since I've known you for a long time, since you first were, were diagnosed, or first time I knew you were diagnosed, yeah. possibly a while before I even knew, mm. um, was how incredibly positive you are about things. Thank you. How do you find the strength to be positive so much? Because there are many people out there, possibly with the same MS as you or any other condition, who absolutely just cannot keep going and they really struggle. How do you find the strength? I think just, I just have a really, I don't see, I see things through rose tinted glasses. Mm. I always find, try and find some beauty in something. I mean, of course, I have my really bad days. Sure, you do. Where I can yeah. sit and weep quite a lot mm. and feel really down. But you, I've taken up to gardening now. Mm-hmm. And I love watching my flowers grow mm. from little seeds. Yeah. And I think, I've planted that mm. and it's growing. You know, I think, and I have two cats, mad as they are, especially the little one, Suki. But mm. I look at them and I think, you know, you give me so much pleasure. Mm. But also give me, you know, it can be a pain. But I try and just look at the beauty of life. But there's mm. so many terrible things going on at the minute out there. Um, mm. But how do you, I mean, it, it, it is difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to balance that, if you like. But yes. you're right, I think if you can focus on positive things, yeah. it can make a difference. Mm. Um 
I know of someone who once advised me and said, if you, when you get to bed at night, you list a few good things Very true. in your day that yes. happened, mm. it just kind of refocuses you, and particularly if it's been a bad day. Yeah. Where, where are the blessings hidden in there? Exactly, yeah. And I think that's one thing we fall short on. We don't often count our blessings. We moan about everything. Mm. But we don't realise something good has happened that day, mm. you know. Um, I'm grateful for waking up every morning. Like I'm sure millions of others are. Mm. You know, I open my curtains, lift up my neck and look up and feel garden looking good. Oh, look at my plants down there. Mm. You know. Um, I, I, Where do you find hope? You find hope in the garden, obviously, mm. in nature. You've mentioned the tough times. Yeah. Where do you look for for hope? I think the Holy Spirit speaks to me quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And makes me... Makes me very happy to the point of tears. Mm. I don't know if you've experienced, John. Sometimes you're so overwhelmed with happiness mm. that you cry. But it's not tears of sadness. It's tears of joy and happiness. Mm. Um, I can remember sitting in my car when I was first um, off sick after dropping long enough to school. And just sitting there in absolute tears after listening to Premier Radio. Mm. And just crying my eyes out. For no apparent reason. Mum would phone me and make sure I'm alright. And I'd be on the phone babbling to her. <laughs> What's the matter? Are you alright? Yes, Mum. I'm just so happy. Mm. Why are you crying? Because I'm so happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But hope springs eternal. Yeah. That's a good phrase. Does indeed. Mm. Does indeed. Yeah. And you've got You've got two wonderful children, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a real blessing. It is indeed. I'm sure there are some challenges occasionally with Most them. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. It would be a very strange family not to be. It would be very boring as it well. It would be very boring, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, as you look to the future, I mean, obviously, you know you're carrying MS with you, and you can't, that you're not going to be able to get rid of that. No. As you look to the future, you look around, where do you see the hope in the world around you, and in the church, perhaps? Take Ukraine, for example. Mm. Most times you'll hear on the news that people are actually praying. And it's not just us praying for them. They're actually praying for themselves. Um, mm. I never knew Ukraine was actually a Christian country. Mm. I was quite shocked at that. Mm. Um, but... <laughs> Ask me again. Where do you find hope for the future? But looking at little children. Yeah? Yes. I think... There goes my future. Mm. Look at that. They're the future of the world. Mm. You know, I look around and... There's so much... There's so much to be positive about. Mm. But there's also so much to be not hopeful about. Mm. But if you don't focus on the positive side mm. and hope... Because I think everybody needs to hope. Mm. You know, hope you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, especially for me. Hope I'm not going to fall over when I'm running through the front door. We don't need to run through the front door because wherever it is, we'll have to wait. Mm. You know, um, mm. you just you just have to look for hope in every little possible thing. Mm. You know, mm. look at the TV. 
Hopeful. Looking for a new series to come on. Hopeful. No. <laughs> but the church, I mean, the greatest thing I struggled about during lockdown was communion. Mm. To me, communion is the pinnacle of my faith. Mm. Um, I miss that so badly. Mm. Um, Why do you think that is? I think because I know it's just a piece of bread and, and a bit of wine, not real wine. But for me, I'm actually taking in God, taking mm. in Jesus' body. He's renewing my faith mm. completely and utterly by having that bread and that wine. Um, and I guess you're doing it as a group, not yes. just on your own as well, yes. part of mm. the thing we call church. Yeah. It's the fellowship, mm. you know, mm. and it was a bit scary to come back to church, um, even mm. though all the safe measures were in, it still was a bit scary. Mm. Um, yeah, but I do, I mean, some days I can't get out to church, some Sundays. I wish I'd come more often, mm. but you know, with MS you sometimes can't do nothing. Some much, days yeah. you can, some yeah, days you can't. Exactly. A bit like everybody else, I suppose, really, in mm. a way. Some days you're feeling really good. Um, mm. But church is community, mm. and hopefully we'll get back to the numbers I could be used to two years ago. Yeah, yeah. but we've got... It's interesting, because we have numbers that come online. I know. And we have numbers in person. Isn't it fantastic? And it's good. So you can watch a service at yes. home. Yes. And, and, you, and it's not just our own community we're reaching, our own church mm. members. It's other people in mm. the broader aspect of things, isn't it? I think it's wonderful being online. Mm. I do enjoy it, yes. That's good. Mm. So, one last question. Mm. What, do, what do you think the resurrection means to you? What does the resurrection mean to you? We're in the Easter season. Yeah. It basically tells you that Jesus is alive mm -hmm. and he is with us. Mm. Waiting for him to come back, though. But he's alive and with us. He is indeed, you know. And as we all say, he is risen, he is risen indeed. And to me, that is the whole thing. Mm. That Jesus didn't die. He came back mm. and he's waiting to come back again to the last mm. final time. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jackie, for your time, your honesty, your openness. We've touched on some, some very personal and, and in some ways painful things that affect mm. many people. And let's hope and pray that what you've said helps others in their journey and deal with so. their issues. Yeah, mm. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thank you. Thank you.